of the 27 books in the New Testament, you have Old Testament, you have New Testament, right, that make up the Bible. Out of the 27 in the New Testament, uh, there is one writer for 13 of those books in the New Testament. Who is that? Paul, right? Okay, if you're new to faith, that's cool. If you don't know anything about the Bible, you just learned something. Awesome. Paul. Okay, so Paul wrote a ton of the New Testament, right? And, and that's, a, that's a big deal. Uh, you know, you think about, man, if I could have just written one book of the Bible, wow, that'd be amazing. And he's got 13. Um, now, we know ultimately every single writer of the Bible was inspired by the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit essentially uh, is the mouthpiece of God, the, the writer. But we see these humans uh, given this task through the inspiration of the Holy Spirit to write. And Paul is given this role of writing 13 of these books. And they're incredible. 13 out of the 27. And so when you look at this guy, when you read about him, it's like, man, he is, uh, other than Jesus, he's about as accomplished as they come, as they, as they could build uh, back in those days. In fact, uh, he says this in Philippians 3, 4 through 6. He says, though I myself have reason for confidence in the flesh also. He says, if anyone else thinks he has reason for confidence in the flesh, I have more circumcised on the eighth day, which means nothing to you, but it did back then, of the people of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of Hebrews. That's a pretty bold statement, right? I am a pastor of pastors, is essentially what it would be saying. As to the law, a Pharisee. In other words, uh, remember, like worth was based off of your ability to keep the law. That's how they looked at as righteousness. And he says, according to my ability to keep the law, I was considered a Pharisee. I was considered amazing at the law. Uh, as to zeal, he says, uh, a persecutor of the church. Right? So in other words, my zeal, my passion surpassed all these other people to the point where I was persecuting the church um, and leading in that charge. And then he says, as to righteousness under the law, blameless. Man, that's big time. As to righteousness under the law, I was considered blameless, right? So this is, this is how he describes his life uh, from other people's view, from their perspective in looking at him. Um, and, 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 and so he's this impressive guy, comes from the right family. Uh, he knows everything that you would hope to, to know uh, in all of that. And, and so then we, we see something written about him that strikes us as odd. And it kind of, it's like, why is this here? In 2 Corinthians 12, 7, he says this. So to keep me from becoming conceited because of the surpassing greatness of the revelations, a thorn was given me in the flesh, a messenger of Satan to harass me, to keep me from becoming conceited. Now, what do we see here? This impressive guy, he was impressive before Christ, he's, he's and, and more impressive after, we see that he battled something very specific. He battled pride. Pride. And, and, and as we think about pride tonight, like I said, this, this, not only is this a huge topic, this is something that every single one of us struggles with at different levels, in different circumstances, and, and you look at the Bible, you know, ultimately the story of Jesus redeeming humanity. 
you see one common theme when it comes to opposition to God. And it's rooted in this. It's rooted in pride. Guys, the very first sin in the Bible was, was who? Satan, right? Why did he turn on God? What was that? He desired what? To be worshipped. What is that? Pride. When you think about Eve and, and, and Adam and you, and you see that, what is, what is it rooted in? It's rooted in pride. When you think about, you know, a couple of weeks ago, I talked about David having that epic failure where he has this affair, has the woman's husband murdered. How in the world did all of that happen? And yeah, he struggled with, uh, with lust. He, he allowed certain things to enter his mind. But at the core of that mistake was what? It was pride, right? It was this reality that I am, I have this position, I have this authority, I am the guy, and so I am blessed, I'm acknowledged, and so I can essentially do what I want and be above what everybody else is. Guys, that's, that's you taking glory from God, that's pride. And so we see this all throughout Scripture, and, 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 and one of the things that, that I find over and over again is that these people that struggled with pride to where it literally was a battle uh, and, and, and some of them caved into it, but ultimately it was all through people that had this in common. They were extremely blessed by God. Isn't that interesting? That, that one of the common denominators of the people that, that you see struggle with pride the most are the very people that have been blessed by God the most. I mean, just think of the examples I use, right? I mean, even think about Satan. Satan was the angel, right? Pretty blessed. You think of David. David, incredibly blessed. We look at even Paul and we go, man, this guy is incredibly blessed. And so here's the first thing you guys need to hear tonight is you need to be careful when God blesses you. Okay, when God blesses you, you have to be careful because um, most of the time when we are blessed by God, we kind of just soak in that, right? We start to like believe the hype. We start to embrace it and we walk a little different. And what usually happens is it ends up creating some distance between us and God. Guys, when you're blessed, that's when you should pursue him the most because what we see here in scripture is it's right after people are blessed by God that you see some of these epic failures, that you see the pride creep in. And so I, I want to challenge you with that. If you find yourself, which you will, where, where God will bless you uh, in, in some way, don't take a break from him, pursue him even more uh, in that. Because here's the thing, pride has the potential to hijack the praise that you receive, right? So, so pride, it, it happens so uh, subtle, so it's so quick, you know, in one, in literally one instance, you're like, God, you're amazing. God, only you could do this. Only you could make this happen. Only you could give me the ability, the mind, uh, the talent to, to pull this off. Only you could make this relationship happen. All of that, right? We get there. If we're, if we're a Christian, like those are, those are things we pray and we praise him for and we come into settings like this and we're like, God, you're so amazing, right? Because this happened. But then very slowly, sometimes quickly, that glory, that praise, our pride takes. And all of a sudden, it's not about him anymore. All of a sudden, it's about me. All of a sudden, it's about how this makes me feel. All of a sudden, it's about what others are saying about me. 
All of a sudden, it's about what they think about me. And uh, what ultimately happens is you get a taste of that and you go, I've got to stay here, right? Now, what is causing you to think that, that I have to stay here? I have to be like this. That's pride, you guys. That's me hijacking glory that was designed for God. Glory that a lot of times I gave to him at one point, but all of a sudden I started liking it. I started reading my own press. I started believing what these people think or say, and ultimately I end up hijacking the blessings that God has given me, and it turns into this pride thing. You will start to take credit for everything in your life, and then you start to elevate yourself right? It happens so quickly, right? Man, you're so smart. And you're like, I'll stop. Then you go home and you're like, man, I am pretty smart, right? Like, man, that's so cool. You achieved that. That's pretty crazy. Yeah, I mean, God's good, you know? Then you go home and you go, yeah, I pulled that off. I'm pretty awesome. A lot of times you'll say it in the mirror. That's how sick and twisted we get. You'll literally be looking at yourself going, you did that, you know? Some of you, it's your looks. Some people are like, man, you got the, you've got that look. Now stop, stop. No, no, I'm fat. Or I don't, no, I don't really have it. Then you go home and you're like, yeah, I do. Yeah, I do. Right? You do. Okay? I was doing that last, no, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> then my wife walked in and was like, what are you doing? <laughs> and uh, no, that didn't happen. But you start to take credit, you guys, and it's so subtle. And Paul is like, man, this is me. This is my struggle. My gifting is my struggle. This very thing that's incredible that like everybody looks up to me with is the very thing that is, is, is a continual battle for me. And, and I love what Proverbs 29.5 says. It, listen, this is crazy. It says, a man who flatters his neighbor spreads a net for his feet. Okay, in other words, literally, if it, it, it talks about that person who is giving empty praise to people. Right? Do you know who I'm talking about? Point them out. No, I'm kidding. But do you know what I'm talking about? Those people that they, it's literally empty praise and they just flatter people. Right? They go around telling people, and honestly, it's not even true, but they flatter people and they literally generate in others a bigger head, a bigger perception of who they are. It changes those people's reality. Uh, and, 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 and literally what he's saying here in this proverb is if you're one of those people that is leading somebody into this pride, into this conceit, into this puffed up mindset of themselves, you're literally spreading a net for yourself. Stop it. You're literally creating your own trap. Not only are you ultimately creating your own net, but you're tossing a net for somebody else to fall into. Right? And, and, and like, some of you need to stop. Like, some of you need to stop. I've had this conversation with you guys before in the relationships that some of you need to stop being or having this perception that telling people what you think they want to hear is what you should tell them when you know it's not the truth. And a true friend, that's not a true friend. And none of you deep down want someone to do that for you, right? I, I don't want, after I teach, I don't want you to come up to me like, man, Steve, that was the best thing I've ever heard. Unless it really was. Then t no. But, right? Like, you know, uh, we do that. We do that with, with people. We, we, we flatter them. And he says, don't do that. 
And, and understand that many times, you guys, when, when you start to read into what people are saying, you need to understand that that is false flattery, okay? It's false flattery. And, and, and don't fall into it. Be careful, guard against it. And what we also learn from what Paul says here is there are some things that we go through that God uses to keep us or make us humble. Okay, that's huge. What Paul says, let me repeat that, is that there are some things in our lives, circumstances, things you're going to go through, bumps in the road, challenges, opposition, all these things that we, that we go through, uh, a lot of times God will take and use those very things to keep us or to make us humble. Okay, sometimes, sometimes God doesn't answer a prayer right away. Because if he does, he knows you're going to be prideful. Like if he knows if I answer this request, you're not going to be able to handle it. Okay? There's, there's times where um, God, out of his love for us, works humility into us. So he works humility into us, not to like literally keep, uh, you know, pushing you down, keep like throwing up new challenges, but he knows ultimately what's going to keep me humble. He knows ultimately what's going to keep me having a posture of giving him the glory versus me uh, taking that glory or desiring to receive it myself. And and that's why we see this weird language, language where it says he blessed Paul. He blessed Paul with a thorn so he wouldn't become what? Conceited. Like Paul says, he gave this to me, right? He doesn't say, oh, it's my cross to bear. No, no, this was given to me to keep me from becoming conceited, to keep me from becoming prideful, right? And, and, and so he's able to say that. Now, um, here's the thing we need to understand. Paul didn't like it, right? In fact, what did he do? He prayed for its removal, Now, ultimately, we don't know what the thorn of the flesh was. There's a lot of different commentaries. There's a lot of different thoughts as to what that struggle. Uh, Most people think it was some sort of physical ailment that he struggled with. Could have been migraines, whatever. There's a lot of different thoughts as to what the physical ailment was that he was dealing with or battling uh, with. But you guys, we see Paul pray for its removal over and over. But we see him here also say, at the end of the day, I'm able to praise God for it because I understand and know what God is doing through it. And, and, and so guys, sometimes he blesses us. And this is so backwards. He blesses us with certain trials. So we don't become conceited because guys at my nature, at your nature, man, we're sinful at the core of it right? Like our hearts want to be proud. Like that's in us, right? We want to be proud. And God steps in and he tries to save us from that pride. Because Proverbs 16, 18 says what? Pride goes before destruction. So here's what you need to understand, guys, that pride leads you to destruction and God desires to save you from that. 
And there's certain things that you've blamed God for. There's certain things that you've held against him. There's certain requests that you said, God, you haven't answered this. So I doubt or I question you. Uh, The guy that preached for me Sunday, Ken, he talked about doubt and how a lot of times people walk away from God in that. And some of you, uh, your relationship with God isn't what it used to be because he didn't do what you thought he should have done. And ultimately, or something's in your life that continues to be a struggle or a battle, and it may be a person, a situation, a coach, a, a physical ailment. It could be so many things, you guys. And, and for us, we have to get to the point and the place in our lives where our perspective switches of who God is to understand and know that he says pride leads to destruction. And as an act of love, he's going to do what he needs to do to keep you from that. And, 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 and guys, that, if you can get there, oh my goodness, that's a special place to be. That's why I look at Paul and, and, and I'm so thankful that, that it literally showcases this battle with pride that he had. Uh, and ultimately the story throughout the Bible is this battle with pride that all these people have. But, but I love that verse so much because it showcases how he felt about it. He didn't want it. But ultimately, it shows us that there actually can be joy found in it because it's God rescuing us from a path that he knows is going to lead to your destruction. Guys, I don't know how many people that I have uh, seen that had to be humbled in dramatic and and horrible ways. I don't know how many, um, and you guys know people that that have had to experience being humbled. And, that, and that's tough. Some of you have gotten to the place in your lives where you've literally hijacked um, the gift of God, the blessings of God, and you've made it about you, right? And all of a sudden, something knocked you off that horse. Something didn't come through for you. And it revealed in that moment that there was uh, pride in your life, in your heart, right? And, and, and so, guys, here's the thing. He may not answer the request that you have from him. It may be a job. It may be a goal. It could be something tangible, like a car, right? God, I need a car. God, not just any car, that car. And he's like, I'm not giving you that car. I know what that car will do to you. Like, I know what you'll start to think about yourself with that car, right? So I'm going to give you a G6, that's what I had. Not anymore. And I walk different now. No, I'm kidding. But right, he, he knows what we can handle. He just does. And so for some of you guys, it's like just saying, God, it's not stop praying. It's not stop going to him with, with goals, with desires and all that. No, he welcomes that. But ultimately, it's having that trust in him that he knows what's best. And ultimately, you guys, he is going to protect you from what potentially could harm you. And, and, and he says very clearly, pride leads to destruction. Guys, uh, when you think about this in your life, um, one of the ways that I see it manifested is people who are proud, they don't listen. Often the proud people, they don't know that they're proud and they won't listen because they're blinded by that arrogance. Okay, we see this uh, throughout 
the, the Jesus's interaction with the Pharisees. They were so arrogant and proud that they were actually blinded. And, and if you're not careful, you can actually become blinded to your pride just like they were. And, and, and ultimately, like, like when I see this in people, it's like they cannot, they cannot like get to the place where they're wrong about anything. They're always right. You can't say anything about an issue in their life because they're like, no, almost like that doesn't exist to them. And literally you can like show them the facts. You could like take video and be like, look, I have the video of you doing what I'm saying you're doing. You're saying you're not. I'm not. That's not. Nope. Right? That's pride. It hijacks even like logic in your life. And, and that's why God issues such a strong warning in it. And it ultimately, it leads you to this blinded arrogance. It, it stops you from hearing the truth, even if there's clear evidence. And the Pharisees, like I said, were so blinded to it. And if we're not careful, that's where we go. And, and then God ultimately issues this warning in James 4, 6. He says, but he gives more grace. Therefore, it says, God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. He says, I hate this so much. I am in opposition to to it. Like I'm against it. And, and, and so uh, when he says this, he's, he's saying, I am actively against pride. Why? Because pride goes against everything that he's about. It goes against everything that Jesus modeled. See pride, pride seeks revenge. Pride stops us from letting go to things uh, that have hurt us. Pride causes me to want to fight. Uh, it wants, it, it, it's the thing in me that wants to get even, right? Because it's about what someone has said or done to me. Um, it, it causes me to not want to forgive somebody else. It, it leads me to not wanting to apologize because I'm always right. So those are all things that pride brings into my, my life. And, and ultimately, uh, where it really reveals its ugly head when it comes to other people is it brings bitterness towards other people in your life. To where ultimately you're bitter. You're re, you resent them. Guys, that all comes back to what? Pride. It's not about God anymore. It's about you. It's about me. If I am bitter towards you, you guys, it is all about how you've made me feel. That's not about God. God calls me out of bitterness. And ultimately, this last truth is God or pride takes away from God's glory. See, the thorn to Paul's side reminded him who needed to get the glory. The thorn to his side saved him from self-destructing, and he saw that. And so we all need to acknowledge the pride or the potential for pride that we have, because at the end of the day, pride lies to us all, telling us to receive our own glory. Pride tells you that it is about you. Pride tells you, I've done this. Pride says, look what I've accomplished. Pride says, look at how I made this happen, right? And so at the end of the day, pride tells you that it's your glory. It's no longer God's. That's the ultimate goal. That's the ultimate goal there. And guys, why is it such a important topic? Because he says what? If you find yourself there living out of pride, you are essentially finding yourself living in opposition to God. That is not the place you want to be. Guys, when, when I think about this last 
I don't know, it seems forever. It's the last year and a half, whatever it is. Um, and, and I think about different moments in my life, you guys. Uh, and ultimately, I see it in things that really rattled me, that really showed disappointment in my life, where I had prayed to God and he didn't deliver. Do you know that every single night since COVID started, every single night, it's nuts. My two oldest kids have said the same prayer against COVID. Like they've literally said every night. And I'm finally like, guys, pray a little different because God may not be sick of it, but I'm sick of it. Like just say it in a different way, just something. I'm dying here. But they've literally said every single, every single night, every night. And God, you can do anything. And so uh, you can literally snap your fingers and it'll go away. So I pray that COVID would go away. And, and, and that's literally what they say. Because I said that randomly to them, like day two of COVID. Yeah, that was smart. So they just held on to it. That's what kids do. They hold on to one thing. They never let it go. And that has defined their prayer requests. And I'm like, guys, you got to let that one go. Because I'm afraid they're going to be like totally ruined for life and never pray again. Because obviously COVID isn't going away. You know, it's like, why are we praying still, Dad? You know, you're a pastor. Um, this doesn't really work, you know. And, and, and so, but that, they prayed it every single night, you guys. And, and, and I look at that and, and I look at like how many things in COVID have led to like major disappointments for me. Major disappointments. Like not little ones, but like major ones. And I'm not the guy that has just been like, oh God, COVID has been amazing. Thank you. No, I've shared this multiple times. I'm the guy that's like, you're full of it. If you're saying that, it's been awful. <laughs> and it has revealed so many things that were disappointments in my life. And ultimately what I don't like, but, but ultimately what I found myself writing in an email response on Saturday night to somebody for the first time in over a year was I found myself writing about the joy that's come into my life through freaking COVID. And I, I'm writing it and all of a sudden I stopped and I go, what's happening? Like, have I surrendered to the beast? What's going on? Am I losing my mind? You know, has it finally taken over? Is this it for me? You know, and, but, but what I started doing is literally this person sending me this email over all these things that have happened and how difficult and how thankful they are. And, 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 and they were like writing me one of the nicest emails I've ever gotten. And, and I'm, and I'm looking at that and I go, and I'm like, then all of a sudden it's making me rehash. Yeah, that happened. Man, that happened. That happened. That happened. But also what started to happen is I started to identify, I wasn't hung up in disappointment. What I started doing, because it's been forever now, is I started seeing like, oh my gosh, because that happened, this happened. Because that happened, I saw this in myself. I'm not like that anymore. Because that happened, I saw some things that were dangerous that I was leaning to, that I was actually I, I, like, like placing my worth, my identity, my version of success. I was totally leaned against that. And I just saw as I was going through these things in this email to where I'm literally looking at like all these things that would be like depressing. Normally, I'm, I'm sitting there like literally like typing up a praise report because of it. 
How in the world did that happen? Well, it finally hit that, that there has been so much in COVID that God has saved me from in myself. And, and, and like I said, I'm not praying, you know, God, just keep COVID. If you could just like extend it further, do that. No, man, I'm right there with my boys. Snap your fingers. If you snap your fingers, it would go away right now. Like, right? That's my heart. That's what I hope. Right? And I believe you could do that. But, but ultimately, I have to get to the place where I'm willing to receive that, that, that if it's a no, if, if something isn't working out, if, if ultimately like, like this thing that I really was banking on to be an incredible thing, if that doesn't work out, I have to trust that there's something he's doing that ultimately is protecting me from myself. And that stinks. I don't like it. But I'm thankful for it. And I feel like I finally arrived, not like arrived, but I've come to this place in my life now where ultimately, man, I can, I, I find myself now not avoiding that verse that Paul is writing, but now going, yeah, I see what you're onto here. Because right now in this moment, my marriage is way better than it was pre-COVID. My relationship with my boys is way better right now than it was pre-COVID. My ability to lead people and to walk through storms is so much stronger right now than it was pre-COVID. My view version of success for me at this moment is way different than it was pre-COVID. Okay, now guys, I don't pray for COVID. I didn't, I, didn't, I definitely didn't pray for it. So don't take me out back after this. But you know what? Ultimately, guys... When you, and you'll get there. You just will. Just trust me. If you stay faithful to him, guys, you will ultimately over years see that even some of those dreams and desires and, and things that you had based everything on that didn't work out, you will see his hand of protection on you. You just will. And ultimately, you'll be able to resonate with this, uh, resonate with this because you'll see that there's stuff in you that you didn't even know that was in you, that ultimately that thorn to the flesh, to the side, whatever it may be in your life, that thing was actually something God used for good. And I pray that your story looks like that to where you're able to get to the point where you've walked through that moment where pride confronted you and it revealed itself and, and you didn't run from it, you didn't give into it, but you acknowledge that, man, God loves me so much and he's, he's allowing this here in my life because I need to learn something that he is ultimately saving me from and protecting me against because guys, God, like the enemy wants to destroy this incredible plan for your life. And... Sometimes he's going to use the very thing you're praying for to ruin you. And God's no is actually the greatest yes. Okay? Trust him. Trust him. Okay? Pride is nasty. I pray against that for you guys and in your lives as you try and follow him.